Uh, yeah, there and there, and then we have to wrap it up. Go ahead. Um, a question for Mr. Jarmusch. Um, I really like the use of animation in the film. Uh, can you talk about how that sort of came into the concept and how you worked in weaving it through the archival footage, concert footage, interviews, whatnot? Yeah, uh, well, we, we wanted something animated just to also have another texture and a, uh, you know, another element to the film. Um, Carter Logan, he brought... Uh, some options. He did some research. We, we looked at a lot of animators, and then we found uh, James Kerr, Kerr who uh, from Montreal, fantastic. We loved his work. We saw other stuff we loved also, but we didn't want to use a variety. We wanted one artist, so we approached him Fantastic! We were so lucky. <laughs> the heads, the heads on that animation, which I recognized immediately. The heads of the figures are from the Venetian <laughs> Renaissance yes. painter yes. Carpaccio. His <laughs> <laughs> fucking heads from. So he made Rod and Scott and me <laughs> Carpaccio figures. You know, he painted like very serious. 14th century Venetian royalty, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, James Kerr's thing, is it taking those really, paintings. Really, really, really liked that. It's like molecular reconfiguration. Like, oh, it's Carpaccio. <laughs> and the last question right here. All right, uh, so it's one one so uh, I don't know if we have time for both, but I'll, I'll try at least. Uh, sorry, John and Jack from CBC. Uh, for Jim, I'm just wondering... Uh, you know, you, there was there was a bit of a glossing over over the creation of the Iggy Pop character, and I'm just wondering if that was on purpose or or that, how that came about, uh, or, or maybe it just wasn't important. Iggy, Iggy just was. Uh, and for Iggy, <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if uh, how much of the outside forces that we kind of get a glimpse at uh, were were prep, like present between '71 and '73 between the two the second and third album. Like, for example, I heard that you were being courted to be the lead singer of The Doors, uh, and obviously Bowie was around all the time trying to get you to do things. I'm just wondering how, how prevalent all those forces were to try to push you away from the band. Push me away from the band? Yeah, yeah. Take, take you away from... from if, the if you were offered a position... Uh, do you want to the, Well, that was after the, about the... I think your history is askew. That was after the Stooges' demise, basically. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think... Are the, you talking about my billion... No, 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 I'm talking about... <laughs> well, kind of. Okay, here's the deal. Um, right from the get-go, you had some people who liked the whole group. And then you had a whole lot of other people who would say or write or still give interviews to the effect, well, you know, really the whole thing was this guy Iggy doing this thing and the group is just a bunch of these, which wasn't true. Then that would start to translate to <clears throat> reviews. And then, of course, the fellas in the group would see the review or, or comments about our show. And then there would, in the early group, I would wake up the next morning and there would be a writing, literally, on the wall. See Iggy. See him puke. See him shit green. See him jump. Jump, Iggy, jump, etc., etc. So these, these things started coming up. And the next thing that happened was, little by little, the people would make a poster to advertise. I mean, we're talking about a VFW dance where 200 people are going to come. It's like, the Stooges, with Iggy, a show you won't forget, and on and on. And then that, 
and then we'd bonk that down, but it kept coming out. Then when our first album came out, they called me first and said, would you mind being Iggy Stooge? I said, yeah, I fucking mind. I don't want to be, you know, I don't, this is not Alice Cooper. And uh, so when they, at that time, I'm not a guy, I wasn't coming from like, okay, I've got a manager, I've got a plan. I was just a kid from the Midwest. I would walk to the record store two miles into town every Tuesday, I think it was, the, the, the day the records came out, for three months, waiting for our record to come out. And finally, one day, it was late August, there it was in the window. And that's our record. There it is in the record store where I used to work. And I was so excited. And I ran in there and I got it. And then I turned it over and I was Iggy Stooge. They were doing the product identification with me. And I was humiliated and furious and I couldn't do anything about it. Later, little by little, we would play the film. We would go far from Detroit. We'd play the Fillmore and they'd just bill it Iggy and the Stooges. Finally, when I got the second part of the thing with Main Man uh, where for the second coming of the Stooges, the actual very widely reported on gig, the one gig we did and where apparently everybody who was going to start a punk band came, was actually billed as Iggy Pop, ex-Iggy of the Stooges, ex-Stooges. They kept trying to whack us down and it was more the everyday thing. Yep. Again, my apologies, the, I misunderstood. You're talking yeah. about the whole main man, Tony DeFreeze yeah. thing. My, my apologies. The billing on Raw Power, the same thing. Nobody told me the album was going to come out. Nobody told me it was. To me, it was just simple. It's like when you go to the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you say, okay, great. So all ten of the guys that were, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. We'll decide who you are. And so you make that compromise with them. But before, they, they didn't. They didn't dare do that with me, so they just do it behind my back. So eventually it was Iggy and the Stooges. So you've got a little dichotomy set up there. On the other hand, uh, was I the guy who bothered to actually go out of Detroit with no pennies in my pocket and try to get a gig? Yeah. Was I the guy who went and chatted up the local promoters? Yeah. Was I the guy who would bother to answer the phone? Yeah. So, you know, uh, but finally, as far as the final thing, the group at the end, about 74, I was a mess. The internal feelings with the group was a mess. I didn't want to be in the group anymore as that existed and it wasn't going to be the same. At that point, the guitarist in the group wanted to formalize the group's positions. He, he drew up a contract. It would have prohibited me from ever working with anybody else. It would have given a half share to the Ashtons who refused. No, so. I ended up uh, doing solo work. I did a, for the same guitarist, James, I did a very good job, I think, fronting his songs on Kill, the Kill City thing. And then uh, when David Bowie, who, who I'd known for quite a while, 
came up with some music that I thought suited me and offered to make a record on me, I said, let's do it. Because there was, so then that was a, but that was a clean break. I wasn't in the group. I was always in the group and I was always sort of like, let's face it, okay, on the one hand there's this guy unwilling to be Caesar. <laughs> All right? But on the other hand, he's jumping up and down with a pair of Soho underpants on and, you know, and, and strangling himself with the mic cord and all right. I don't know, are these, I never thought of them as attention-getting gestures. I, I didn't, right? Okay, but there you go. How's that for an answer? All right? And uh, that is, did you, Jim, did you want to add and, and comment on the first question? Uh, why uh, you guys didn't address the creation of Iggy as a character? I, I guess it's sort of woven in there. I guess because our focus really was Stooges, and so the chemical, uh, you know, reaction of these people together, rather than it seemed like a bit of uh, shifting toward the Iggy Pop story. No. So I, I think that's why, but it's a, a valid question. And again, apologies, because that was a great no. question. But uh, yeah, I think that's more why I just wanted to keep the focus stooge-centric. I'm a know? little embarrassed to be here because of all that part of things. On the other hand, uh, I was in the group. <laughs> I, I wrote a lot of the, I wrote a lot of the music for them. I wrote other stuff together with the other guy. You know, uh, I did the vocals. It's okay. The melodies only have two or three notes, but they're my melodies. <laughs> I was in the group. You know. Yeah, but that's the reason we made this film. So those <laughs> other guys are here. Exactly. You know? They're not here. Uh, one of them's around. But uh, still, it was to try to get everything together for everybody. And uh, I was happy in a, in a terrible way. I was happy that during the, the group, I put almost eight years into the original group. And I put about 12 into the comeback. I would rather call it a, a reunion, I think, of a bunch of guys. Okay, we'll get together and do some gigs. We won't make any albums because it might sully our, <laughs> our preciousness. No, we had a fucking comeback, and that was another 12 years. And during that 12 years, the whole repertoire was covered, all three albums, you know, and James was able to come in and do his bit only because Ron passed away, but still, you know, and... Uh, Every member of the group during the 12-year period and our sidemen graduated with honors, meaning when they, when, when they passed away, they had houses, money, and bad habits. <laughs> these, are the, these are the three things a rock star is supposed to have, so they got their rock <laughs> Their, their recognition. All right. That's how I feel about it. Thank you very much. Thank you all for coming. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. coming.